Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. Our guest mentor today is Steve Roswald and Steve has had an absolutely amazing career in finance and accounting. It's spanned over four decades and Steve has recently gone on to set up CFO.University which brings together like a community of scholars, companies and trusted advisors who are actually committed to developing the next generation of chief financial officers. Now, given Steve has had such an extensive career in finance and accounting, we talked about loads of different things and some very useful practical advice. Some of the key elements were Steve sharing the key skill involved in building relationships. Also, we touch on why it's important to be multilingual in finance and also what Steve's identified as maybe the three languages that help us make a difference to the businesses and communities we serve. And finally, Steve has mentions about us teaching a lot and sharing information with others and insights So we discussed the role of finance professionals and accountants as teachers. So I found the conversation with Steve very enlightening. I hope you do too. And if you want to go and check the show notes out, you can find them at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 048. So without further ado, over to Steve and the show. So Steve, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's, It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, Steve, you know, we've spoken previously, but some of our audience may not be as familiar with your background. So would you mind maybe sharing with us a bit of your story in accounting and finance? Uh, not at all. Thank you. You know, I, I came out of the uh, university with a business and a history degree, and I kind of went down the business track. Not many jobs in history. I spent 20 years in with multinational companies in the accounting, finance, treasury, and the leadership area uh, with with big companies. And then I spent the last 15 years in smaller companies, helping uh, doing CFO advisory work with small, medium-sized companies, um, helping the CEOs, the boards, and the CFOs just get better in those, uh, what I call the four areas of CFO success, which are accounting, finance, treasury, and leadership. And more recently, I've gotten into the mentoring side and teaching. And I really enjoyed the part of working one-on-one with CFOs and CEOs to help in their accounts and, and help their accounts get better. And that's kind of led to developing some tools in the current, uh, my current endeavor is, you know, really developing a platform where we can teach financial professionals some of the basics of these core pillars of CFO success. Covered a few areas there, Steve. I maybe want to flesh out some more around the mentoring and the teaching as well. In your teaching and your mentoring conversations, sort of what are the challenges that people are feeding back to you that they're having? Well, I think sometimes, um, and this becomes a relationship issue, you have to develop a strong relationship so people feel really honest in being able to share what their concerns are. There's nothing more troubling than than solving an issue that isn't really the main issue for somebody. So a big part of what, what doing this developing a relationship where people are comfortable telling you about what I need to work on today. And that means they need to tell you their faults, right? So they need to say, where where am I either personally weak or where is our system weak? And sometimes that's hard to do for an executive. So that's a so really developing a relationship where people are open and honest with you so you can help them. So that's that's um 
it's it's the 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 biggest challenge I have is making sure people tell me what their real issues are, and I can help them uh, solve their issues uh, once I know what they are. I mean, I think you've probably outlined maybe an approach that we could take as finance professionals. The, the four parts there, in terms of steps we could all follow to help us get the business to open up to maybe some of their challenges that they're facing and some of their issues to help go solve. You know, have you got any sort of practical steps you can share with us we can maybe walk through? Yeah, I think one of the key things there is to be a really good listener, right? So, and that uh, and that's with all of our uh, financial professionals in general having good listening skills because uh, this comes back when you're dealing with your operations people, your sales people, your CEO, your board, really understanding their issue. And that takes that takes really great listening skills and giving feedback. So you learn what their uh, their pain points are and you can kind of identify where uh, where you can help them. So I think it's really important. The listening skills are super important and that builds relationship. And once you have that trust in a relationship, it becomes much easier um, to have really straightforward dialogue and you learn so much quicker. You're not trying to deal with any noise. So that's really, and that that isn't just as a as a mentor dealing with somebody, even mentees or any of the relationships you develop, having that open relationship where people feel they can talk to each other and share their issues is really a, a key, I think, in the learning that has to take place in, in professionals today. It's a very interesting. I suppose we probably do this sort of passively when we're in school or when we're, we're working that that we maybe think we're listening but there was actually there was um there's a really good saying i think it's uh there, there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth right <laughs> yeah that's a great that's a great uh idiom. yeah and, and look it's, it's very very useful to understand what's going on in the business what's going on around us and in terms of what's going on at the moment what's really exciting you most about what you're doing steve well i i get thrilled when when people so we've started this platform called cfo.university to focus on on helping develop the the cfo suite and when people call me up and say i've learned from this this has helped me improve that's 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 super thrilling so that's exciting but there's other things we've developed a, a a, a, you know what I think is kind of a fun, easy platform. It's for practical learning. And my challenge now is to make sure that our member scholars who participate with CFO.University get a great learning experience. So the big challenge for me now is how do I overlay what we've developed so far in terms of learning and, and teaching and make it a great experience for people. So um, part of that whole process is identifying where people can improve. So we help with an assessment and identifying that. And I gotta make that use and linking that to then the learning that takes place after that so that people can develop their careers quickly and have an understanding of you know what CFO success means. You know, how, how, you know, in terms of that journey, I guess it is probably a bit of a journey, CFO success. What sort of maybe baby steps could we take along it? Like what would be some quick wins for our listeners to maybe sort of say, yeah, I, I want to become a CFO or maybe a senior finance person. What things can we start considering doing today that might help us along our journey? Well, one of the things it's, it's um, it has to do with uh, our language. So I happen to only speak English. I dabble in a few other languages, but in the terms of business, finance has a language and it's very specific. Uh, one of the big improvements we can make is become bilingual. And what I mean by that is understand the commercial aspects. So in your business, your salespeople, your operations people have a, in your industry has a different language that isn't about debits and credits. It's not necessarily even about revenues and costs. Definitely. So, so it's a learning that language. And then the next step is communicating your 
information in their language, not financial language. And so, um, and that's that's a hard thing. We've been trained in accounts. We understand income statements, balance sheets, you know, revenues, expenses. Um, and I'll, I'll just give you a quick example, if I can take a second. Um, in my first job, I was in a grain business. And this grain business, um, you know, we, we prepared a balance sheet and a P&L every month. But the trading staff, the people who are commercial managers, they understood things, and I'll just throw out some terms, like long and short. They understood position reporting. They understood elevations. All these words that aren't accounting words, but that's how they mm. talk. That's how they understood the business. So developing a way to communicate results in their terms rather than on a balance sheet and income statement is so critical in growing um, your ability to communicate and and learn about the business and teach people about the business because we know the results. That's what we're good at getting. We know the results. Being able to communicate that in a way people can understand is really uh, is really important. So that might be one big step. You got to be bilingual to be in a finance role today. And like in terms of becoming more bilingual, is it just the case again back of listening, or are there any other ways we can go about it? Well, they're, they're, listening is super important, but you have to be in the right audience, right? So you have to make sure you take that time to go deal with your your commercial people and make sure you're interfacing with them on a way you can bring value. So, yeah, the, the listening is super important, but you have to be in the right place to learn from, too. I had the opportunity. I had a great mentor who got me in front of the president of the company quickly, um, wow. you know, people who are, who I, I had to perform. And so I had to learn yeah. that language and he kind of, so, so that's part of the whole, uh, you know, being put yourself at risk at sometimes and, and making sure you're getting in front of the right audience to learn the right language. And, uh, and that's important too. I've noticed you, you've used the word teach quite a bit. I, I suppose it's probably quite natural then of, I suppose if you're in finance, maybe taking on a bit of a teaching role, as you said, we've got the results. That's something we can teach back to the business. On the other hand, we can learn off the business as well, their language, so we can speak with them. And then you've gone on to do, you know, CFO.university. So is teaching a common theme for you or a common theme for finance professionals in general? I, yeah, I, I think um, for me, I've grown into that more. Uh, I wish I'd have taken it on earlier as a, as a, as okay. a role of mine because I think um, – that's so important for us. So we we have this universal language that helps understand economies of any economy, whether it's a business or whether it's a personal finance. But we we learn this knowledge, and being able to deliver that to other people helps them understand better and get better. So I think yeah, we have a really important role as teachers. You think about the information we we have been the custodian of company information you know, for 500 years since double entry accounting took place, right? And that's been our role. And, and that continues to be our role. There's more challenges in that role today than there was when we just had a financial statement, a balance sheet, and people just took our word for it. There's more ability for us to teach now, but it means we have to come out of, we have to grow out of just the financial statements and be be more linguistic. Yeah, I, I think the first person I spoke to about being linguistic, but then maybe coming into this teaching angle as well. I remember helping out a local, I suppose, entry-level school on an entrepreneurial day in terms of helping them maybe cost out some of their ideas and so on. And I'm just wondering, is that maybe a, a route that a lot more finance people can, can do is to balance some of what they're doing in work and actually talking to other audience, be a bit outside the comfort zone? try some new linguistic phrases or new languages or dealing with different types of people to maybe broaden what they can offer to different groups and grow their own presence. I mean, is that is that sort of something that you think might be useful? 
I think that's a fantastic idea. And I look at it from, uh, yeah, getting more exposure to do exposure. Not even, not even, not even in your company, but out exactly. exposure yes. is, is exactly. And, and I look at it, if you, you know, and th- my experience, and it, I, I think it might be universal, but maybe not. Um, finance people work their tails off, right? Yes. They have that yeah, month end close. Yeah. Hey, we put in these fantastic hours. They're super committed and, and they're super focused. And so sometimes we get caught up in, oh, I want this yes. to be perfect. I got the right, right. And so we forget that there's this whole other world going on around us. <laughs> and one of my faults early on, the first 20 years of my career, I was super focused on the companies I'm working with, big multinationals. My whole network was with, with the companies and the companies that serve my company. And yeah. the, and so one of the, one of the um, you know, if I, if I had a tidbit of, of information to pass on to the younger professionals, make sure you stay broad, get out there with Definitely. other organizations, just like you had said, other experiences that can broaden your curiosity and learning in other areas than just accounts and, and talking that language. I think that's a great point. Yeah, look, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. It sounds like because because obviously we're on the video as well here. I can see you smiling when you're sharing that. It's yeah. a, yeah. it's like oh damn, I wish I'd done it. But but that says you know, it's I think it's an important message to share. Right, is not to get so focused on what we're doing in work. There's a, you know, at the end of the day, finance the numbers is what we run our economies by. There's whole communities outside of our business that we serve in theory. Yeah. So let's go out and maybe sort of share a bit what we what we can bring to them based on what we're doing in our work. And I don't know about you, uh, you know, in terms of your experiences, but I know from people I've spoken to about these and myself personally, they're very rewarding. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a there's a group that I'm involved in here. It's called the Association of Corporate Growth. It's a large organization. There's a you know, there's a chapter in the UK and all over the place. But they that is a focus. It's not a finance group. It is a business yeah. group, but focused on growth. So there's a lot of uh, mergers and acquisition groups there, investment banks, private equity, but also just organic growth is important. So it's this whole focus, and it's a it's not an accounting focus. It's not a finance focus. It's a business building focus. Um, that same opportunity exists in our communities where helping people become more financial savvy in their communities can help us run those communities better. Individuals, understanding your finances individually. How many people, if they just had a, a, a basic understanding of finance, would be able to run their personal finances much better? So I think our our profession has so much to teach so many different people and improve their lives, it's it's an exciting and it's an exciting time for us because I think we're kind of breaking out of this, you know, heads down in a in, <laughs> in the books. And we're looking at, at the possibilities and how we can really help help uh, a lot of people, you know, just have better lives. Yeah, I suppose sometimes it's so easy when you're sitting there at the desk and you're just going through the motions of what we do so well, the processes, the compliance, the controls, to forget oh. actually we have a bigger game outside of work to play if we choose to accept it. Yeah. You know, So I, lo- I love that advice so far, so sort of listening, teaching, opportunity to exp- increase our exposure in the community, you know, and like maybe if we maybe appro- appreciate the value our qualifications and skills can bring to you know, people outside our, our companies, the better, right? Better for us all. Yeah, so true. Really true. And and we just generally understate that finance people. And and again, my experience. So I apologize to those, you know, <laughs> very flamboyant. And but you know, we understate ourselves, and and yeah. we don't always appreciate the value that we can bring. So um, that's one of the messages too. Is we have, incre- you know, we can give incredible insight 
to yes. and not just businesses, but in other areas that we kind of forget the value of that sometimes. Because because like you said, we're closing the books. We're we're working on a project and and we're heads down going 100 miles an hour or, or 150 kilometers an hour, and we we. Uh, we don't we don't see what's going by us, and there's so much opportunity there. So that that's why this is a, a really an exciting time, I think, for for finance and our industry. Yeah, t- talking about sort of things going by us and exciting times. Like, got any sort of thoughts on the recent advances in technology, and, yeah. and how they maybe complement what we're doing? Oh, it, it's so fun, and, I, and I, this is not my strength. You guys are leading the charge over <laughs> Europe with this whole, the whole, whether it's, you know, business partnering or whether it's, uh, you know, the whole FP&A side, but then the technology coming. Um, so, yeah, it's an exciting, it's going to, it's going to free up people's time to do the, all these informational super value added learn more linguistics so there's a third piece we talk about two languages i mentioned we have to know finance we have to know commercial language there's a third language that we might have to come that's called technology you know technology, and, yeah, well and understanding how that technology and you and i were talking the other day and it had to do you know you're talking about your sequel you know how to program a little bit in sequel and those kind of i'm not saying you have to know that but that knowledge for you really helps you deliver value to your clients so there's another that's what it's I about. Think there's another piece here growing out of uh, in finance where if we want to capture more value and keep keep our you know uh, stay at the uh, at the uh, the decision making table this idea of learning another language and, and emphasizing technology to improve uh, what we do I think is hugely important and uh, and it's an ex- super exciting time for our industry it is quite funny that you know those coming into the accounting profession or maybe some some of them have been around a bit longer thinking that you know the language of accounting is simply about numbers nowadays it's not true right as you sort of said steve there's commercial angles and there's also this technology or digital finance angle we need to be considering now i mean who would have thought about it right that the the language of finance is actually more than just about the numbers yeah yeah and i've got a few whiskers so i saw you know what <laughs> accounting was like uh, not in prehistoric times, but back in the day. And so, you know, we've come so far. And and one of the things that, that I, I, and I don't worry about it, but I want to make sure we don't forget it, is there's a fundamental piece that's super important on what we do. And, you know, AI and, and uh, blockchain oh, yeah. and all these technologies are really cool and they're super sexy to, to look at and all that. But <laughs> yeah. there's still a fundamental piece that we have to deliver. And if we can't deliver the fundamentals, we'll never be able to get to this next level. So that's one of the things that that I make sure that we don't forget is that there's a fundamental piece that's still our responsibility and that we got to really deliver on that well to be able to capture these new technologies and continue to improve. So I think that's a really good bit of advice for going forward as well is not to forget uh, what we're there to do in the first place. <laughs> you know, make yeah, sure that, yeah, yeah. you know, the compliance is there, the controls are there, and then we can get to this uh, sexier, sexier stuff, let's call it that, sexier stuff, sexy finance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to further down the line. <laughs> Apologies for some uh, some of our listeners if that's a bit strong language, but you know, <laughs> let's let's go with it for now. Um, <laughs> well, I have, so, so, calls it, I have a friend who calls it the shiny object um, syndrome, where you oh. know you want to go with the, the the shiny object. I was grasping for that, but there is a there is a, a foundation that has to all this has to be built on, and that needs Definitely. to be a really firm foundation. So Steve, I'd like to ask you a few rapid fire questions now. And, and sort of the first one we typically ask our guests is, you know, we've had an extensive career in finance and accounting and, and around it. You know, what's the best bit of advice you've received throughout your entire career or, or outside of it? Yeah. Well, one of those things was this whole idea with this original mentor on, you know, make sure we're talking in the language of who we're talking to. So 
that means, you know, don't talk finance to a salesperson. Don't talk finance to an operations person. We have the responsibility to learn their language enough to be able to talk to them in their language. So that I think is really important. And on another note, and this is a little bit more on the personal side, I had a uh, my my father was was uh, and is a, a brilliant man, but he didn't want to answer one question. When I was starting, when I got out of university, <laughs> I had two offers for two companies, and they were one company was going to pay a little more. Well, he had me mm-hmm. talk to the president of his company, who knew these companies very well, and he told me take the job that's lower paying. And I said, why would I do that? You know, I'm worth more than that. The job must be better for business. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best advice I ever got. It got me to a company called Cargo, which is a, which a, a large company mm, that trained yeah. very well. The other company went bankrupt in five years. So on a personal note, I think, I think the learning from that is the moral of the story is find wise people and listen to them. I couldn't agree with it more. That's, that's, that was one of the reasons for this show is that, you know, like I, there's so many people with great insights and knowledge to share globally, and we can use technology to bring that across the world. I mean, that's why this podcast so far has been listened to in 102 countries. I'm mm-hmm. sure more and more countries will, will add to that list. But it's just exciting to think that we have enough in our in our profession and outside of it as well to to really share with each other and actually grow each other's skills and enjoyment of the profession into the future. Yeah. So I, I make make most of these opportunities. I mean, by the way, what great advice as well. I mean, um, I suppose it played out well in your favor that uh, that didn't go bust. Well, yeah, it, it, it worked out great for me and, and, and his wisdom was good. So I gave my father credit for that, for being smart enough not to try to tackle a question himself. He knew where to send me and his uh, his boss. So anyway, uh, use wise, find wise people and, and listen to them. But I would say, and this is the the warning again, is those multinationals. You need to get outside the company, so they they kind of can take you in. But I my mm-hmm. uh, the, just the advice to folks: if you're working at a large multinational, Definitely. you know, find those. In ter- it's, I suppose in terms of resources, I, I've got to I've got to do a bit of a plug here because I was on CFO University, and I really appreciated some of the resources you had on there, and also the assessment as well on the front page. I really enjoyed taking that. Thank you, Steve. You know, outside of CFO.university, and, and you might be able to point pinpoint someone there as well. But are there any other sort of resources like a book or, or documents you might recommend that our listeners follow up with? Well, uh, you know, it's uh, there's there's a couple things there. Um, one, I love TED Talks. They're so yeah, they're, and and, they, and I model our learning a little bit after TED Talks, and that I want them to be um, unique. I want our learning to be quick, so it's practical learning. And, and the TED Talks, they're you know they're really uh, you know fun, and there's so many of them out there. So I would recommend if if people uh, you know in their specialty have a, an area they want to get better in, TED Talks are a great place to do it. And the, you know there's a, there's so many good business books, but I got one uh, especially. It's it's not as well known probably, but it's called Absolute Honesty, and it's a book about building culture. And it came Absolute Honesty was it was written by some Intel executives in the human resource area, and it came out of the the Enron Tyco ethics issues, and they they had this concept called constructive confrontation. And Intel is kind of known for this. It's a little bit of a tough environment, maybe the ditch, but it's also making sure that you have the tough conversations with people. So it's a good book, and it's called Absolute mm. Honesty uh, by Bob Phillips and, and and Larry Williams. It's it's interesting that one one thing I've observed, and again, that's a great thing about being a finance, you get to observe a lot of the business, is people's reluctance quite often to avoid those tough or those uh, tough conversations or potential conflict. So how, I mean, like, look, is there any sort of ways we can maybe make them a bit more constructive? 
those conversations that you've seen throughout the years, I think is a very useful skill to have, but I appreciate any insights you'd have on it, Steve. Yeah, I think that, you know, that a lot of that comes from the top, the leadership from the top, the top. where and, and you, when you think about the meetings that you've been in and how do, you know, do people get shut down? Do people get encouraged? How does the, you know, and that's where you can really, you, you sit in a meeting at a company and you can tell it's culture in a minute, right? <laughs> you know, people sitting back that don't dare contribute or people is it a loud kind of, uh, you know, so, so I think that um, one of the ways is to be really encouraging people to have their thoughts out there and they have to feel protected. They have to feel like if I say something, I'm not going to have, you know, 10 people screaming down my throat. Now, my, the culture in a grain trading business, so Cargo, where I first started, grain trading business, traders are boisterous, <laughs> they're loud, they're confident, they, and they want to win the battle. They have this huge, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't, ego might be the right word, but so that's a different environment. That culture works, but you've got to be able to fit yeah. in. So kind of understanding and looking at how do you fit in the way that company wants to work is super important. And, you know, I guess you'd call that a cultural fit, but really understanding does my personality and the way I want to work with people fit with how this works. And, and yeah. companies have their own special way of doing things. And the sooner you can figure out whether you fit into that, the better off you're going to be in it. And, and the other alternative yeah. is you can try to change the culture, but that's a lot of work. So, you know, unless you're going to start your own company, making sure that you're a, a fit and can survive in that environment, spend some time on that when you're, when you're learning about a company and, 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 and you know, taking a position with them. Fantastic advice. Again, wish someone had spent <laughs> said that to me when I started. Yeah. <laughs> Learned the hard way, but you know, um, it does actually. When you look back on it, it does. It's quite important for not only the company's success from from your efforts, but also your own enjoyment of what you're doing as well in in, in an organisation. So couldn't agree more. Steve, really enjoyed our conversation, and it's absolutely flown by. I was just wondering, perhaps should some of our audience want to continue the conversation with you? Where's the best place to reach out and find you at? Well, the uh, you know CFI.university is a great place to to find me. Uh, my contact points: Steve Rosevald at CFO.university. Um, and I'd love to talk to, I, I, you know, I love talking to the financial, anybody, but financial professionals, um, we, we are, we're in an exciting time and so many people are doing so many neat things and, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, and I love to hear about them and I love to pass them on, you know, love to pass them on through our, through our, uh, platform. So I've got, I've got to be really cheeky, Steve, cause you know, you've been giving great advice to us. Uh, any sort of closing bits of advice or thoughts for our audience? <laughs> really well i'll tell you i really appreciate what you're doing and i've gotten involved with a number of your your uh, your colleagues and it's 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 wonderful how you're leading the charge to be able to you know broadcast what is happening in the finance industry and on the leading edge and i really give you a lot of credit for bringing that to a larger audience uh, you've had some great guests on your show and and uh, i really appreciate that and i can't wait to uh, you know continue to learn more from you and your cohorts and uh, teach at cfo.university steve thanks again for your investment of time in us and sharing all that experience with our audience it's been a pleasure to having you on the show helping finance professionals uh, learn more and I'm and making that easier for people to to go after, get, receive, and also get the value from. Like that's that's what it's really all about. So um, so Dave, thanks again for your investment of time in us. My pleasure too. Thanks, Andrew. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. 
If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 